Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. This is Prayer Rizopoulos. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. And today, ironically, we're going to talk about silence. So, silence is a key element to any healthy philosophical practice and is a very important element of a healthy life. To start off today, I'm going to quote quickly from Boethius, who said, If you had been silent, you would have remained a philosopher. So here we are listening to this podcast. I hope we're starting to practice philosophy as the art of living. Again, for these episodes, I'm hoping to offer some ideas, some suggestions on how you might have a daily practice. Philosophy has to play a role in that. And as this quote is saying, you need silence in order to practice philosophy. And you need some some sort of, some type of philosophy in order to lead a eudaimonic or fulfilling life. So here we are. Silence is essential. We're going to be working a little bit in this episode with a book by Max Picard, which is available online for free. I strongly suggest you go take a look at it, called The World of Silence. Right? And in this, in this really opening statement I'm going to provide, he not only defines silence, but he talks about why and how it's so essential for us. So let's even jump in here. I'm going to read the introduction a little bit. These are great ideas. What is silence? Why should we think about it? Why should we make time for it? So he writes, Silence is not simply what happens when we stop talking. It is more than the mere negative renunciation of language. It is more than simply a condition that we can produce at will. When language stops, silence begins. But it does not begin because language stops. The absence of language simply makes the presence of silence more obvious. Silence is an autonomous, independent phenomenon. It is therefore not identical with the suspension of language. It is not merely the negative condition that sets in when the positive is removed. It is rather an independent whole, subsisting in and through itself. It is creative, as language is creative, and it is formative of human beings, as language is formative, but not in the same degree. Silence belongs to the basic structure of humanity. So let's even stop there for a second and think about all he's offering here. One, I think he is nicely calling our attention to silence. In addition to defining it, again, not simply as the absence of language, although I do think, and this even comes across in this sort of general definition, right? I do think that wordlessness, a state of wordlessness where you're not speaking and no one around you is speaking, as I, again, as I think he's saying here, motions towards a form of silence. But silence is its own thing, as he's saying here. It exists through itself. So we're acknowledging silence as something that exists independently, which I think is also very powerful. So it is its own thing. It is its own, I would even say, way of being to an extent, but that doesn't necessarily, I think, even capture it. Because silence, again, exists as its own thing. We exist in silence. Maybe we could even say we exist with silence. And I even think the question of what is silence is a very interesting one, right? But as we are typically, or let's say, as I think this podcast often does, we're focusing a little bit more on the how. So how, I, how might we use silence? How might silence be important? But I do think the first few lines offer a really nice response to what is silence. 
It's autonomous. It's independent. It's not identical to the suspension of language. It exists in and of itself. So it is, it is its own thing. It has its own characteristics. It is creative. It is formative. And we already start to feel, I hope, some connections between what we think philosophy as the art of living offers us, an opportunity to create ourselves, an opportunity to form ourselves, an opportunity to influence the world creatively, an opportunity to offer things to the world that can shape it, that can form it through the other tools that we're going to talk about the next few days and also through the information right, that we receive, the knowledge that we gain. It's going to help us form the world more effectively with our actions, where we form ourselves with our actions, our ideas, our feelings, right? So silence is a pathway to that. It is a tool for that creation because it itself is creative. It itself is formative. And not only that, but it is a part of our basic structure. It is a necessity. It belongs. I like the idea a lot. There's a sense that we need silence. As humans, we need silence. I think silence and attention are kind of similar ideas here as well. Attention also is a basic part of our human structure. We have a capacity for attention. I think silence aids us, helps us in offering attention. And I love also, and we're going to talk a little bit more from Picard's perspective on how this connects to life with machines, right? I love how, for me at least, this conversation already gets me thinking, right? When do I have time for silence? Well, if you're constantly, in the words of Thich Nhat Hanh, right, consuming things from the external world, that busyness is definitely not silence. So when we're talking about establishing silence and seeing it as something that's that exists in and of itself, something that is necessary, something that might, let's say, begin when we learn how to turn off external sources of noise, when we learn how to ourselves enter a state where we're not speaking, where we're not making noise. This whole episode, I hope, gets us thinking about the noise in our lives and how we might deal with noises, let's say, in a way that's healthier for us. And again, I, I think to an extent, and I'm extrapolating here, I'm myself still working through this book, but I think level one of silence is wordlessness. Level two is removing distractions. But I even think we can enter a state of relation to sound that is very reminiscent or similar to silence. And I think I'm moving into a space where I'm maybe going into attention or going into a space where we're, I'm, uh, I'm combining the two, right? But let's say just one example. In my classes, when we were all together in, in, the, in the classroom, I would often make time for silence. Pretty much every class we do this, right? Nobody speaks. Let's put the phones away, obviously anyway, right? That being said, I would often play instrumental music in the background. Right? And I think that repetitious instrumental music, as I've said many times in the podcast, if for some reason you have difficulty entering a complete state of silence, although I do think that is something that is worth pursuing and worth experimenting with, I do think that if you're more into music, instrumental music on repetition or on repeat, that you use the same one or two songs on repeat for an extended period of time 
when you strive to cultivate a philosophical practice can be something very interesting too. And maybe I'll do an episode on music as well, right? Because I think when we're talking about silence as a part of a philosophical practice, for me, it's reminiscent of what people might construe or understand as prayer, right? And when we think about many prayer traditions, they involve silence, right? 100%. I think they also at times can involve music. And that music is also sort of steeped in ritual um, and habit, right? So let me put that aside. I just want to mention that. Let's get a little bit back to what silence can offer us, right? So it's formative and it's creative. So what exactly are we forming and creating? So for Angelo Caranfa, he's kind of like an educational philosopher. I'm going to reference a couple of his uh, sources here, one of which is called Silence as the Foundation of Learning. And another one is philosophical silence and spiritual awe. These are two readings we're going to kind of move in between here, right? He offers that silence is the source of self-knowledge, which of course, when we're talking about philosophy as the art of living, we're really discussing, as Picard already said, forming ourselves, spiritual transfiguration through and with the increase, let's say, or the changing of our self-knowledge. So self-knowledge works at the service of self-care. And here, Karanfa is saying, silence is the thing, right? You want to take care of yourself? Well, knowing yourself is going to help. You need silence for that. It is the source of self-discourse or of discourse and self-knowledge. So if you're having, let's say, once again, a goal of caring for yourself, which is the hope of this, right? I want to become more patient. That's a form of self-care, right? You're pursuing the virtue of patience. Well, you're going to need some self-knowledge there, which is simply to say, just give one example. Well, when am I impatient? The best way to address that question is in silence, right? Picard adds to this by saying, silence is the place where a person is recreated, it is true that the spirit is the cause of the recreation, but the recreation cannot be realized without the silence. For a person is unable to wholly or entirely free themselves from all that is past unless they can place the silence between the past and the new. Right? So that's exactly what my example was hoping to convey. You need to, when you say what makes me impatient, you're diving into your past to examine it, to see how and when you've been impatient. How and when did this narrative of yourself as someone who is impatient begin? You need silence for that. It's a part of our basic structure that we need to use to acknowledge other parts, let's say, of our current structure. As I mentioned earlier too, right, we want to be talking about developing the capacities to care for ourselves. We might look at silence as a part of that capacity. Are we even able, that's something I, I post to myself frequently, right, to spend five minutes in silence, two minutes in silence. And as I hope this episode has already encouraged you to consider, how and why might that be so important? Okay. For Picard, silence is needed to relieve the oppressiveness of things. 
It is a necessity. So when we talk about dealing with, let's say, our vices, our impatience, our lack of courage, right? When we talk about a distracting external world, a world that we would like to offer something positive to, a world that we would like to make more just, for example. Silence is a necessity for curing these pathologies. When we talk about that external world, that distracting world, Picard says, this is very encouraging, right? He says, technics in itself, life with machines is not injurious or hurtful unless the protective substance of silence is absent. Is silence currently absent in your world? Right? I think it was Seneca that said, nothing is ours except time. We need to make time for this exercise in silence. And I think for the philosophical practice, we might give that silence, that silent time an aim, right? as I said, maybe the development of patience was my example for today. And when we then move from, let's say, quietly sitting into our self-writing, Karanfa provides the following. Reading and writing involve a conversation with the silent self and with the silent other. That would be the reading, right? Right, the silence of reading and writing engages us in the process of self-understanding, which is a process or an art achieved through the unity of knowledge and practice. All of these things collide really nicely. For me, silence kind of is the enveloping factor of this practice, right? You start with the silence and maybe a question, and we'll talk about questions next episode. You use that silence to address yourself with the aim, as we have here, of forming ourselves. And that initial, let's say, stopping of the external consumption, the initial creation of silence facilitates your ability to engage with that question. Then you take the pen out, right? Take the paper out. You're writing. Once again, as Karanfa just says, you're conversing with yourself, with your silent self. And even this conception of silent other might mean the other version of you that you're forming, right? Because as we have from Picard, it's so formative to be in silence because we're maybe encouraged to face things, to hear inner voices that we've been ignoring. Socrates says, right, he's answering his, like, this idea of connecting to the, to the God, his inner voice, right? Silence facilitates that, that conversation that's formative. It's important for crafting a self. So we write. And then after that, as, as we said, right, the next episode after the questioning and writing will be about primitive reading. Karanfa is saying, well, if you're going to read, you need silence. So we can really converse with the silent self and we can really converse with what we're reading in a way that is as meaningful as it possibly can be. So we live in a world where we could say maybe our machines, our phones are causing us some injuries. Introduce some silence. We're now pursuing philosophy as the art of living, which in large part involves self-care, self-knowledge. All of that fuels our growth, our transformation. Silence is a necessary part of that thing. It is your right as a human being, to have time in silence. And hopefully it'll help you flourish. So I hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.